You're listening to the weekly sermon from Antioch East Baptist Church, located in Magnolia, Arkansas. For more information about our faith and local congregation, visit AntiochEast.com. Turning your Bibles to Proverbs chapter 1. Proverbs chapter 1. If you want to go to hell, I'm going to tell you how to get there today. I'll show you three steps you got to take to get there. Let's stand together and we begin our reading in verse 20 of Proverbs chapter 1. Wisdom calls aloud outside. She utters her voice in the open square. She cries out in the chief concourses. At the opening of the gates in the city, she speaks her words. How long, you simple ones, will you love simplicity? For scorners delight in their scorning, and fools hate knowledge. Turn at my rebuke. Surely I will pour out my spirit on you. I will make my words known to you. Because I have called, now listen, because I have called and you refused, I have stretched out my hand and no one regarded. Because you disdained all my counsel and would not have and would have none of my rebuke, I also will laugh at your calamity. I will mock when your terror comes, when your terror comes like a storm and your destruction comes like a whirlwind, when distress and anguish comes upon you. Then they will call on me, but I will not answer. They will seek me diligently, but they will not find me. Can you imagine all those people beating on the door of the ark? And God would not open it for them. Because they hated knowledge and did not choose the fear of the Lord, they would have none of my counsel and despised my every rebuke. Therefore, they shall eat the fruit of their own way and be filled to the full with their own fancies. For the turning away of the simple will slay them, and the complacency of fools will destroy them. But whoever listens to me will dwell safely and will be secure without fear of evil. In verse uh, 20, again, it says, wisdom calls aloud. And I I may be wrong, but I believe in the King James Version, it says cries aloud. Uh, I I like that better, to be honest with you. Cries aloud. Wisdom cries. Now, I, I don't like to put things on Scripture that the Lord doesn't necessarily, that the Lord doesn't mean to be there, but I don't think we harm scripture and I don't think it's a very far leap to say that this is a, uh, this is the gospel call. It's wisdom crying without and, and I do relate this to Jesus and you say, well, should you do that? Well, 1 Corinthians one thirty does. It says that Jesus has been made wisdom to us. Let me tell you a wise thing to do. Repent of your sin and place your faith in Jesus Christ. It's the wisest thing in the world you could do. And we see that wisdom is crying, but it could be God that is crying. It could be the evangelist that's crying these things. It could be the gospel witness. It could be the preacher. It's me this morning that are saying these things to you. This is wisdom to hear the words of this great proverb. First of all, I'm going to get right into it. 
First of all, we see the Spirit's call. It says wisdom. I don't think it's a strong leap to say this is the Spirit. He, matter of fact, even calls himself the Spirit of wisdom. And he says, uh, in, our, uh, in the New King James, it says call, but the word means uh, to overcome. Now listen, this is the meaning of that word, that wisdom cries or wisdom calls. And the word means to overcome, to be overcome, to cry out, to shout for joy, to give a ringing cry, to give a ringing cry in joy, exultation, and also in distress. It means to cry aloud. And we discussed in our Sunday school, Brother Matthew brought this up, how we ought to have a passion it, uh, going forth and witnessing to people yeah. and, 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 and intentionally go out with the gospel. You read in your Sunday school class, adults, you talked about that certain man that gave a great supper and he sent his servant out. And some rejected, but some came. And he went out and he compelled them to come in. And we think for some reason because we do strongly believe it is God that, that brings salvation. But my friend, you must understand that every man chooses. He does. And if today you choose not to come to Christ, you will go to hell. Not because God overlooked you, but because you chose to go there. It cries exuberant singing and shouting whether negative or positive in this case it's a it's a it's a positive thing he's he's bringing good news if you will hear me if you will live by me if you will come to me you're going to be look at the last verse whoever listens to me will dwell safely isn't that what you want that's what you're all working for is that you and your wife and your children will be safe now, that's not talking about the physical, but I'm relating that to this. And we'll be secure without fear of evil. Isn't that what the American dream is? And your, your job is to make sure your family's safe and secure and to dwell without fear and, and to have some happiness along the way physically. But spiritually, my friend, to know Jesus is not just a hope so or maybe so of safety, talking about the future uh, when you die. By the way, everybody's going to die. The statistics on death are very alarming. One out of every one person dies. And I don't care what you do, whether you're saved, if you got, if could get saved 15 times, we all have that, uh, that uh, apprehension about death. But my friend, it's only yours. It is only yours. And it's only mine. Because God knows. And when you are saved, you don't have to worry about it. Amen. You're secure without fear of evil if you know Jesus. And this word cry, we see it in Le Leviticus 9, 24. It says, and fire came out from before the Lord and it consumed the burnt offerings and the fat on the altar. And when all the people saw it, they shouted and fell on their faces. They cried. That's what that word is. They cried out in fear and they fell on their faces. They thought they were going to die. This is the passion of the call, by the way. I don't know if I... Yeah, there it is, the passion of the call. Number two, we see the place of the call. 
in these verses. Verse 20 and 21, look at it. It says, wisdom calls aloud. Outside, she raises her voice in the open square. She cries out in the chief concourses. At the opening of the gates of the city, she speaks her words. She just wants everybody to hear. Everybody. That's what we want as a church is to go out from this place. It is your job. It is your responsibility to be a witness. Not just to invite people to church, but to confront them with the gospel. My friend, they're going to hell. They're not going to a spiritual timeout. Your family and your friends are not going to be separated from you when they die. If they die without Jesus, they're going to be separated from God forever in hell. Overcome your fear of witnessing. Overcome your apprehension and just do it for the gospel's sake and for God's sake and for their sake. And he calls in the streets and the chief places of concourse, opening of the gates, all places where crowds gather is where he is. And he's talking about he wants everybody here. But now you listen to me because I know what happens. I know. I've been there. It's very disappointing to get your courage up and to work up the knowledge and to study and know how to witness. And then you step out. And you talk to somebody about the gospel. You say, you know, you've sinned against God. That's part of the gospel. But Jesus Christ died for your sin. And if you call on the name of the Lord, you shall be saved. And to to try to get them to see their need of salvation and to call on the Lord, it's not an easy thing. I'm not saying it's an easy thing. It is a hard thing. And you know what happens? I'll be, let me just warn you, eight times out of ten, nine times out of ten, some days ten out of ten, people will reject you to your face. To your face. But they got to go home and they got to lay their head down on their pillow. They got to put their phone down sometime. They got to put their computer, they got to turn the TV off sometime. But it might be right in the middle of a TV show and the Spirit of God takes the words that you preach to them in their heart and he awakens their soul to their need. You never know. You say, Brother Ron, I don't know. I'm not good at talking. You don't have to be. Hallelujah. Brother Ron, I don't know how to put a fancy speech together. You don't have to. Just share the gospel. The gospel is the power under God to salvation. Just share the gospel. When you think you fumbled over your eye teeth and when you think that your tongue was thick when you tried to talk to them, as long as you preach the gospel, the Holy Spirit of God does the work. Just share. And it doesn't matter where they are. In the chief place of concourse where there's conversation and noise and music, the Holy Spirit of God can slap your attention out of you and he can speak to your soul. The place of the call. The person who's called. Look at these people. Verse 22. Let me list them. The simple. Who is the sim- Who are the simple? They're the naive lover of pleasure and folly. I mean, they, they really, they're just, they just are living for the next high. Whether it be a high from a party, whether it be high from a relationship, whether it be high from a business uh, conquest of money and power or whatever, they're just living for the next life. They're living life as a party and they're naive and they don't think about the future. That's why Solomon says it's better to go to a funeral than a party. 
Now, he said, actually, he said, it's better to go to the house of mourning than the house of feasting. But that's what he meant. A, a funeral is better than a party. Why? Because a funeral makes you look at that box and makes you think about your own mortality. And it tells you, you better get prepared. It's coming. Yeah. One day, that box is going to be your box. The simple, the naive, the lover of pleasure and folly. Then the scorner, the scorner. These are the ones that outright hate righteousness. They hate me, the preacher. They hate you, the church. They hate the Bible, the message. And they might not say it, but they hate God. If you hate the people of God, listen, you hate Christio and you hate me. No, I like you. I just don't like your wife. I don't like you then. I don't like you. If you don't love my wife and my family and my kids, you don't love me. If you don't take my wife, you don't take me. And my friend, if you hate the ones that are telling you the gospel, you hate the ones that are preaching the gospel, you hate the Bible that tells you the gospel, you hate the God of the gospel. You're not against me. I'm not your enemy. I'm not your foe. This book is not your foe. The witness is not your foe. The your foe is God. Your foe is God. The fool, number three, who hates knowledge. Knowledge is the light that reveals the fool's darkness. That's why people don't like it. When you preach the gospel to them, they have no cloak. That's what Jesus said. They have no cloak for their sin. That's why they hated him. I have revealed their nakedness. I have revealed who they really are. I have made them think about what they have been trying to rationalize. And my friend, today you rationalize. If I, ask you, if I were to ask you today, are you going to heaven? Some of you would say, yes. And I'd say, well, how do you know that? And some of you would say, well, I'm a Baptist. That'll get you closer to hell than anything. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm kidding about that. I'm a good person then you need to come and listen to Romans or get my tapes on the last few weeks of Romans. You're not a good person. You're a liar. You take God's name in vain regularly. You, uh, you, you don't, God's not number one in your life and, 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 and you don't, you're not faithful to his house. You're not faithful to his people. You're not faithful to his word. He's not your God. You're an idolater. If you don't give your heart and life to Jesus, you're an idolater. You're an adulterer. Maybe not with your body, but in your mind, all of us. We lust. We all have covetousness. Every one of you here disobey and have been dishonorable to your parents. Everybody in this room, you know you have. And you call yourself good. No, what you mean is, Brother Ron, I'm better than you. I'm better than Hitler. I'm better than Jeffrey Dahmer. I don't push little kids off the precipice into the water. I don't, I don't, uh, I don't uh, go around cutting people's tires. That's what you mean. But my friend, it is not the qu quantity of sin. It is the fact of sin. You are a sinner before God. And my friend, you're not going to have to answer for Hitler. You're going to have to answer for you. And that's bad enough. And you hate knowledge. You hate this kind of preaching. Some of you here said, I knew I'd hate going to church today because you're having to think about things you don't want to think about. Well, why don't you do it today? Take a thought. Do something that'll help your future. Think about the truth. I'm not preaching anything that's not the truth. 
Am I? I'm not preaching anything that's not there. This is what the Bible says. Number four, or A, B, C, D, the purpose of the calling is to bring repentance. Verse 23 says it. Turn you, or turn ye in the King James. I love that. Turn ye at my reproof. Turn. Turn from your wicked ways. Turn from your adulteries. Turn from your lying. Turn from your lack of, uh, of loving the word and loving prayer and loving the church. I love the church, but you never come. You don't love the church. If I told my wife I loved her and never spent any time with her and never showed up at the house, she'd get to wondering. Love! Uh, You don't do these things. And God says, turn from it. Admit that you are a sinner. Confess that you're a sinner. If you believe in your heart and confess the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God is raised from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. You cannot be saved until you deal with your sin nature Amen. and your sin. And it also is to bring to faith. The Spirit reveals the word that must be believed I'm preaching the gospel to you. You may not like the way I do it. Maybe you wish there was a quieter preacher or a better looking preacher. That's hard to imagine. But maybe maybe you wish it was a different place or a different way and all. Uh, But uh, we're telling you the truth. I'm telling you the truth. This is what the Bible says about salvation. Would you go to hell because you don't like the way Brother Ron preaches? How foolish. Will you go to hell because you don't like the air conditioning in this building? The lighting? Whatever. I don't know how many people. Listen, you don't care about any of those things. You know that you're just trying to rationalize yourself and get your mind off of the truth that you need to be saved. Some of you doing it. You're church members, maybe even a church member here, and you're trying to, to escape the thought that you really have never been born again. Number two, we see man's rejection. Man's rejection. First of all, man rejects the call of God. I mean, that's bad enough, isn't it? You say, I thank God that he's a God of the second chance. He's a God of the a thousandth chance most of the time. But you don't have that promise. You don't know. This may be your only chance. This may be your last chance today to respond to the gospel. It could be. And you forsake the blessed privilege of God opening his heart and his mouth and his mind and his church and his people. And he calls to you the farthest thing from his character and says, I will have you come to me. What a blasphemous thing to say no to. I called and you refused, the verse says. You reject his compassion. I stretched out my hand and no one regarded. This is God to you, wisdom to you, Christ to you. I stretched out my hand. I mean, can you see Moses? Excuse me, not Moses. Moses was not on the ark. Noah on that ark and that dove out flying and she could find no rest for the sole of her feet. And the Bible says she flew back to the ark and it says this. This is how it puts it. And she flew back unto Noah into the ark. 
In other words, I think it has a picture of Noah stretching out that one window that's in the ark and seeing the struggling dove that was out there and things that weren't its nature. And he grabs the precious thing and brings her in to himself. It says he brought her into himself into the ark. That's what it says. That's what God wants to do today. He wants to bring you in unto himself, into the ark. And he stretched out his hand. And you're saying, I don't like the lights in this place. Of his counsel. You're rejecting me today because I'm giving you the counsel of God and you don't like it, you don't want it, you don't think you need it. But maybe God today is going to open your heart and mind to it. You disdained all my counsel. You hated those preachers. You despised your parents because they drugged you. They drug you to church on Sunday. They drug you to church on Sunday night. They drug you, made you go to church on Wednesday night. And you despised your parents because they made you go to that church and had to listen to all that mess. You despised it all. You didn't want any part of it. You despise the counsel that God sent, the preachers, the teachers, the parents, the friends that have tried to tell you about Jesus. And then you reject his correction. Maybe God's got a little more serious with you than some. You would have none of my reproof. Now notice this progression. It starts out as a simple call. Come to me. And then it starts, then he, then he moves into the, I stretched out my hand and no one regarded it. He's compelling you. You disdained all my counsel. He sends people into your life to bring himself and you say, no, 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 no. And then he gets serious and kind of grabs you by the face and says, you're going to go to hell if you don't come to me. You cannot go to my heaven if you do not repent of your sin and place faith in Christ. Amen. And you push his hands off today if you reject this message. My friend, you can leave today, you'd be mad at me because I holler too much. You can be mad at the church because uh, they didn't give enough padding to the pew. I don't know. You, you may be mad at the Sunday school. You didn't even like the whole thing. But my friend, you're not rejecting this church. You're not rejecting uh, your Sunday school teacher. You're not rejecting me. You're rejecting God. Amen. You say, Brother Lon, I don't have to listen to you. You're right. You're right. People do it every Sunday. They don't listen to me. No, I'm not talking about you, I'm sure. I mean, I preach every Sunday on things. Some people don't change. Some people don't hear. So, yeah. Yeah, you can reject me. I'm just a man. I'm not much of a man, just to be honest with you. I'll, I'll be honest with you. But, my friend, you cannot reject God and get away with it. Because what's coming next, this, this book tells us, is God's judgment. God's judgment, verses 26 through 32. We see the dilemma of judgment in verses 26 through 28. The God who once loved you and pleaded with you will one day laugh at you. He will laugh at you and mock you and will not hear you. Can you imagine? Oh, we don't like to talk about that God. God would never do that. Yes, he will. He's a God of justice. He's not some frumpy grandpa that has a paddle with a pillow on the end of it. He's a God of justice. And he loves, above all, holiness and righteousness. 
And he requires above all holiness and righteousness. The description of judgment. I've got to go quickly. You know what you're going to get? If you reject God and finally pass away your day of grace, as my old pastor used to say, J. Harold Smith, you're going to get desolation. Look at verse 27. When your terror comes like a storm and your destruction comes like a whirlwind, when distress and anguish come upon you. Now look at this. That one word there, distress and anguish, means loneliness, being totally alone. You have no friends on this day, nobody to stand with you. You're all on your own facing a God of righteousness. There was a rich man that died and being in torments, he lifted his eyes and seeing Abraham afar off and Lazarus, the man he made fun of and would not help in his life, afar off in Abraham's bosom, heaven, paradise, whatever. And he said, Father Abraham, have Lazarus come and dip his finger in water and cool my tongue for I'm tormented in this flame. And Abraham said, we can't do you. There is a great gulf fixed between you and I and he cannot come to you and you cannot come to us. Destruction. Destruction. And he uses as a picture a whirlwind, a tornado. Have you ever seen a tornado hit a, a building, a house, a good structured house, and you get a big old four or five category uh, 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 tornado that hits your house? If you're not underground, you're gone. You're gone. Had a friend, well, it wasn't a friend, he was a friend of a friend that lived in... Um, uh, no, up north. Anyway, uh, good night. Up north Arkansas. And he came back and saw this friend of mine and he hadn't seen him in a while. He said, hey, I heard about those tornadoes went through your town. Did that affect you? And he said, oh, yeah. He said, what happened? He said, I lost everything I had. He said, my wife and I, we went down into the storm cellar and man, we thought we were going to die because of the things hitting. It had the door that stood up above ground and the things that were hitting that door and the noise. He said, you can't imagine. We just knew we were going to be dead. And finally, everything just settled down and all. And when we went up and opened my door, my house should have been there, but all was there was yard, nothing else. Nothing else. Not even the blocks the house was sitting on. It was all gone. He said, that's what's coming for you. God's judgment, like a tornado, is going to blow you away in its wrath. And lastly, distress. Distress, what does that mean? No hope. No hope. Lastly, look at that last one there. Your invitation. Your invitation. He says there in verse 33, look at it. But whoever listens to me, whoever listens to me will dwell safely and will be secure without fear of evil. He's saying, listen to me, believe in me, come to me. Repent of your sin. Turn from your wickedness and turn to me and be saved. Proverbs 133, but whoever listens to me will dwell safely and will be secure without the fear of evil. This is not talking about in this life. It's not this physical life. 
Although I think God helps in that too. If you're his child, he's going to put you in places, a situation he wants. You don't have to worry about it. But he's talking about spiritually. There's a great day coming. A great day coming. There's a great day coming by and by where the saint and the sinner will be parted right and left. Are you ready for that day to come? Are you ready for that day to come? If not, my friend, here is one more call God is giving you. Here's one more outstretched hand God is giving you. Here is one more counsel that God is giving you. If you will see your sin and confess that you're a sinner and you cannot save yourself and you hate your sin and you will turn to God in faith and say, God, God make me righteous. God forgive me my sin. God, I trust in you and in your blood and in your cross and in your provisions for my salvation. Please, oh God, save me. Save me. He will. Whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved.